Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonnell, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. This episode is a takeover with Progressive co-founders Rob Moore and Mark Homer. Rob Moore and Mark Homer co-founded Progressive Property in the 2000s and have gone on to build a multi-million pound property portfolio. They own, co-own and manage hundreds of properties in the Peterborough area. And Mark Homer is the UK's leading property investment expert. In this episode, you're going to learn how to perfectly invest £5,000. So let's get straight into the episode. See you next week. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I'm with my business partner, Mark Homer. This is quite a rarity, Mark, me and you doing a video together. Yes, Rob. <laughs> right, so we've, we're doing a new series for you. We get asked a lot, and I'm not exaggerating to say hundreds, maybe even thousands of times over the last 10 years, Rob, Mark, how do I invest X pounds? Five grand, 10 grand, 25 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand, 250 grand, 500 grand, a million quid. How do I invest with no money? All of these we've been asked many times. Um, so what we're going to do is a series for you. Um, so right now we're live streaming out to multiple channels. We're in the Progressive Property Facebook group. We're on my page, Mark's page. Um, we're on my LinkedIn but what we're going to do um, in the future on this series is we're only going to live stream it on the Progressive Property YouTube channel. <laughs> so the Progressive Property YouTube channel, uh, the link I tinied it for you this morning, is tiny.cc forward slash PPTV capitals. So tiny.cc forward slash capital P, capital P, capital T, capital V. So um, we're going to talk uh, about different ideas of, look, Disclaimer, it's your money. You've got to invest it wisely. You know, so, you know, you should always do your own diligence and research. And that's the same for all of um, our videos in this series. But um, Mark and I are going to give you some ideas on how to invest um, lumps of money. And this video will be £5,000. Um, we're going to give you some sort of more passive ideas and then some more active ideas. So active might be where you use your time. Passive might be where you don't. Mark and I may differ in opinions because we invest in different ways. Mark's probably a bit more defensive. I'm probably a bit more aggressive. Uh, Mark likes to preserve capital. I probably take a few more risks, for example, and, and you can work out where you're at. So, um, Mark, if you only had five grand, where might you put it? Where might you invest it? I think if I only had five grand, you know, <clears throat> without having others, without having partners, um, I would probably not, obviously it wouldn't be enough to go and buy a property. So I'd probably go into business, try and blend it with sweat equity uh, so that, you know, I was putting a load of time and energy in. Um, maybe I'd spend it on some marketing um, so that I could get my business message out there to try and get my cash flow rolling to build up some capital to invest it in, in property or to, you know, sort of develop my business a bit more by, you know, um, getting staff in and, and, and getting sort of developing better products. Um, I think that's where I would start with it. Now, is there an argument? People don't think about this, but is there an argument mm -hmm. when thinking about investing 5K? to wait until you've got 25k and then you've got a deposit for a house well there could be um you know if if you really want to you know if that's your passion and 
clearly what you are interested in, what you're going to get excited about, that is what you're probably going to be best at. Uh, and for me, that's what I did early doors. You know, I started, I had nothing um, and I saved and saved. And then I got enough money for a deposit for a house, but I knew I didn't want to diminish, diminish it. So I found a way to buy houses, refurbish them, and then roll it over uh, by refurbish refinance, uh, which I really, really, you know, sort of prospered from and, and continued rolling with. So, yeah, there could be an argument for that, Rob rolling until you've got, I don't know, 25, 30, or, you know, you could go and buy a 40 grand flat somewhere uh, and maybe put a 25% deposit down for that. Um, so, um, yeah. Okay. So um, if I had five grand to invest, I would probably invest it in mm. marketing to generate leads and or, or hopefully into clients to then make sales to try and turn that five grand into more money to then invest in a, a more passive asset. Now, look, nothing is truly passive. You have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. You have to set to forget. Um, but uh, Mark and I have been investing for, well, you've been investing probably nearly 20 years. Um, didn't you, you bought cars, didn't you, over from Ireland and yeah, I probably, 17 years old? I probably started investing when I was... I don't know, maybe 13 or something like that. Um, yeah. And then I started importing cars maybe when I was about 16, something like that. Um, so, I mean, that'd be 25, 30 years ago. Um, and, um, yeah, I, 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 I did some stock market stuff, um, bought shares that were sort of unloved. That seemed to work quite well. Uh, got involved in all the dot-com stuff. That was pretty good. Um, How did how's that go? Uh, that, that, that wasn't <laughs> great. I, I didn't do that one, but I, I did lots of UK um, internet companies. Didn't in you there. invest your student loan into the stock market? And it all went well until it didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's life. Uh, um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, back in the day, I, I was involved in all those sorts of things just to build my capital. Uh, and I was just so defensive on, on letting any money out um, so that I could build up to get deposits and start buying houses mm. so we'll come to the capital part in a moment so with five grand you can do a fair amount of facebook advertising or google advertising um, you can probably generate leads at about between five and eight pound a lead um, i mean look it's more if you really have to scale it depends on your business of course but five to eight pounds let's just call it eight pounds um for the sake of being realistic, eight pounds a lead. You can get a lot of leads for eight pounds a lead with five grand or three of the five grand. Um, and then if you have a product or service that's hundreds or thousands of pounds, like for example, if you had training or education, you could actually turn that five grand into a bigger lump of money uh, and sort of leapfrog the investing five grand and, and jump to the 25 grand level or the 50 grand level, which will be a future one in our series. Now, I think you've also got to think about whether you want to be hands-off, passive, or as passive as is possible, um, more hands-off or hands-on. Because obviously, if you're hands-off with five grand, you've not got that many options um, because it's not a huge amount of money. So you can't get that amount of capital working for you. So what, what Mark says when he uses the word sweat e equity, that phrase, that would be using your time. So there's a return on investment to look at, but there's also a return on time investment. So starting a business, marketing, investing that into generating leads is using your sweat equity and your time. 
Mark, would you consider, um, because it's early days of investing in a small amount of money, just putting it in the stock market or an ISA or something like that? I think you could put it in the stock market or an ISA. I just don't think you would, you know, it's, it's a passive investment and I don't think you could expect the money to grow that quickly. Um, you know, you may, you, you could probably reasonably expect over the long term to maybe get six, six to eight percent income and capital rolled up together. But it's going to take a while to really, you know, grow that into a um, substantial amount of money and a, and a good income stream. I think if you you combine it with your time and, you know, with, with your ability to sort of earn and generate money and, and learn how to do that at the same time, I think you could turn the 5,000 into many, many multiples and add many noughts on the end um, within a business by, you know, putting your, your sweat in. Um, it could be marketing. Um, it, it, you could be trading stock. It, it, it's just not going to multiply up in a, in a passive investment very quickly. No. Um, however, if you don't yet put any money into an ISA, starting your ISA is a good habit to build. Yeah. You might put a few grand in every year until you can afford to max it. Um, what's the max now? Is it 25? I think it's 20,000. 20. Um, and I actually, I started doing my ISA or maybe it was called something else, um, you know, about sort of 20, 25 years ago, something like that. So, um, you know, back, back then I was putting, I think, the maximum amount in that I could do every year. Yeah. And it was going straight in the stock market. Um, I think now if I was, uh, well, I, I still do do it. Um, I would generally put it into Hargreaves Lansdowne or into Vanguard, um, and I'd just buy tracker funds. So I'd yep. buy UK, um, US uh, trackers, uh, and you can build one within uh, Hargreaves Lansdowne. There is a, a system for building a tracker portfolio. Um, um, it's, it's like a, a portfolio composer. And then in Vanguard, there is the same thing. Uh, well, it's similar. They have their lifestyle equity funds. You might have eighty percent or one hundred percent equities, and um, I uh, I do that for my son as well. Um, I, I do a bit more for him because the stock market dropped a bit last week. So, um, yeah, I very very low fees, uh, and it, it just goes into uh, trackers that are um, ex effectively exchange traded funds. Mm. They're, they're not the underlying security. What about um, using some of that money to invest in learning a skill? Um, so it might be learning marketing or learning social media, you know, educating yourself in a business strategy. Do you class investing in yourself in that five grand? I think I would. Um, and certainly earlier on, uh, you know, and, and if I'd got less sort of money like that, that's exactly what I would do with it. Um, I would try and combine it with my time, my ability to earn, develop myself um, to then, you know, create create a business or a, or a new income stream because you, you're going to, out of that money, you're going to be able to leverage it much, much quicker uh, than, say, putting it in the stock market. Yeah. Um, so businesses, Mark and I like, um, obviously we love property. We love letting agencies because we love property. Um, we love um, training and education businesses. Now, of course, um, you know, you may be watching this video after the COVID lockdown situation, but uh, in light of COVID lockdown, globalization, the network effect, um, online training businesses, um, uh, they have no stock. Um, you can reach pretty much a global audience, you know, overnight. Um, 
you know, it's probably not that easy, but you literally can reach anyone on the globe as long as they've got an internet connection. Um, you don't have, you know, the premises uh, and all these leases. You can literally just have a an iPhone that you can use to record your content. You can put content up on Kajabi or, or some hosted platform, um, you know, which essentially delivers your um, online course. Now, of course, you need to know something. So what do you know well? Now, I want to pick up on something Mark said earlier. Um, and I get asked a lot, how should I invest X money? What should I do with it? Um, uh, or, or what business should I start? And the very first thing I say is, well, what do you love to do? Because Mark loves investing. He just loves investing. Um, and so it's a business he could do even if it weren't real money and it weren't a such thing as a, a vocation. And the thing that you enjoy the most is likely the thing you're going to make the most money out of, even if it doesn't look like it's the best strategy. Um, you know, of course, there's all these, uh, you know, crazy. There's the, there was the ISA millionaires in the early days. There's these apparently Bitcoin millionaires now. There's, but if you look at anything, um, people who are really good at it and really enjoy it tend to make really good money out of pretty much anything that they focus on, whether it's art. I mean, I know really pretty much nothing about art or watches. Now, watches is a, is a, a passion of mine. Um, and I've figured out um, the brands and the models and the kind of models and even the future models um, that generally tend to go up. But that's because I'm really interested in it. So um, investing that five grand and next week it'll be 10 grand, 25 grand, 50 grand in this series and doing something you enjoy. So I love public speaking. I love doing podcasts. I love um, so, you know, using social media. So they're the kind of things I should be playing with, um, with my five grand, you know, Mark loves property, lettings, um, investing. So that's probably the areas that he should be investing the money. Um, I thoroughly believe in investing in yourself. I believe that you are likely to pay yourself the best return of all returns. So we talk about 5%, 8% plus, but actually you could pay yourself an inf infinite return on investment. That's his wedding ring, by the way, that just pinged off. <laughs> um, I mean, we started Progressive Property. We put 300 quid each in a bank account, didn't we? Yeah, I think it was for uh, one, one second-hand computer. Yeah, we um, went down to Ikea, bought yeah, some cheap furniture. Some furniture, and, um, and, and then we just set to work on, I think, Google Ads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we went to networking events and stayed late and exchanged business cards and followed up. And um, Chris has just asked here, I've got 20 grand to invest. Any suggestions? So that will be the week after next. So just in case you're not sure what we're doing here, um, this video is how to invest five grand. Next week, it'll be how to invest 10 grand. These are going to be live 7 p.m. every Monday. Um, and then after that, it'll be 20 grand. Then after that, it'll be 25. Then it'll be 50. Then it'll be 75. Then it'll be 100. And you'll get different answers because obviously as we get to bigger numbers, property is going to come into play. Probably commercial property is going to come into play. Buying businesses is going to come into play. But obviously right now we're at the lower end. Um, watches. I get asked about watches a lot. Um, or what, what watch should I buy? Now, as we're talking about five grand, um, what watch can you buy for five grand or less? I would wait until you can get a Rolex Daytona. Um, so Rolex Daytona's are probably near 20 grand now. Now, of course, they're going to fluctuate. So any figures we may say, you've got to do your own research because they may fluctuate based on when you watch the video. Um, but um, I'm not really finding the lower end um, Rolexes that are that kind of money um, going up. I'm finding the sports models, the limited sports models, the, but the Daytona is a winner. Now, in 2000 and 
think it was 2007 or eight, I bought my first Rolex Daytona and they, I, I was paying five, five and a half thousand pounds for them. Mm. And now they're what, 20,000 plus. Um, I, I personally like the kind of, I like the early 2000s range. So try not to buy new, try and buy used. Uh, and, I, and I like the, the late 90s, they had a Zenith um, movement. Um, and there's a couple of variation models which are, uh, are worth even more. But I mean, I have a 1979 Rolex Daytona, which is my birth year. And I bought that a few years ago. And that probably would have been between eight and 1200 quid new. And I've seen Rolexes of that similar age and style. It depends on the dial, et cetera. But I've seen them go for 40, 50,000 pounds now. So um, I'd probably wait and get a, a Rolex Daytona as your first watch um, you, you, and ideally get a secondhand one. Um, right. Can you get any cars for five grand? You must. I mean, do you remember when you interviewed Quentin Wilson? He was talking you about those Mercs. So, yeah. I, I, in fact, that's probably quite a good one. I think an SL would be good. Um, I can't remember the model number exactly, but... You know, if you think of the era, it would be sort of 1990s Mercedes-Benz. Um, you could, I, I would have thought you'd get a maybe a 320 SL, something like that, 5,000. Um, you could probably maybe maybe get a 500, something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know if there are 129. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think that would be a good thing mm. to go for. Um, Obviously, you have storage maintenance, do, as we yeah. know about with our cars. Yeah. Uh, there is other stuff at that sort of level as well that's maybe waiting to go. Mm. Um, but I think that's, that's probably the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Going yeah. So right. you, you, Harry did some research yeah. before, and he reckons that the Honda S2000s and the Merc E36s, sorry, the BMW E36s, some of them are doing quite well. Now, I used to have one of those. Did yeah. you? You've had it, virtually every M3, haven't you? Yeah, so the E36s, um, you could still get one of those for 5,000 when I looked a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I bet they'll start to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably quite a good thing, really. Yeah. Let's quick caveat this. Anytime we talk about a model or a stock or something specific, go and do your own research. Time might have changed when you watch this video. Um, but if you love cars, what better thing to do than to learn about the prices of cars and buy a, a car as your first sort of proper investment and, and hopefully see it, uh, watch it go up in value. So that's something to think about as well. Mark and I, um, we invested in a Ferrari Testarossa. We're looking at um, another um, classic car investment at the moment, which we might go into. Um, I think when you have enough money, so when you get up in the high hundreds of thousands or the millions, you want to be quite diversified. Obviously, um, when you've got five grand, it's very hard to be diversified because Mark and I were talking off camera about normally with investing a, a lump of capital, we would talk about having a contingency. And Mark was like, well, what, six, six months is a good contingency. But obviously, you're not going to get six months worth of contingency out of five grand. You might decide to just save a grand or 1500 of it and build up a savings pot. And, you, you know, you might in the early thousands and the low tens of thousands you might save 20 or 30 percent as a cash contingency and you might invest i don't know 70 percent, but it's kind of arbitrary mark why do you think it's important to preserve capital and have contingencies of cash um at the moment uh you've got the perfect case study um as to why you need to preserve cash and um, by the end of this year um it's quite likely that we'll have around another million uh, people unemployed in this country. Uh, just to give you a bit of context, at the moment there's about one 
1.4, 1.5 million people unemployed. Um, so um, that's, you know, uh, some way to almost doubling the unemployment rate. So GDP is going to fall. Obviously, the, the, the government um, sort of support schemes are working their way through now and, and they're going to end. I know there's a new sort of job scheme, but it's nowhere near as generous. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to be in a situation towards the end of the year where I, I think there's going to be deals. There's going to be deals in, you know, sort of property business, generally in in assets. I know interest rates um, have fallen and, you know, there's talk of them going negative at some point. Um, so, you know, I, I think cash protects you uh, in terms of your your monthly bills, in terms of your liquidity, and or, or in terms of you being able to pay your debts as they become due. Um, and, you know, at the beginning of this crisis, um, the only thing that seemed to be doing okay was cash. Even gold um, and um, treasuries, you know, they, they, um, they dropped um, because there was such a dash for cash before the Federal Reserve got involved. Um, and, um, you know, started pumping money in. So um, I, I think the case for having a good lump of cash uh, is very strong in addition to having these hard assets as well. So um, we've got a wild card section. So in each one of these videos, we're going to do a wild card where you might take a bit more of a risk. So um, Bitcoin or... <laughs> um, might you, I mean, look, gold isn't necessarily a risk. Might you put money into physical gold, you know, Krugerrands, or um, might you put some into Bitcoin? What might, what other options might you do if, because some people might have five grand, but they might want to have a bit more of a higher risk. Um, I, you could put it into gold. Um, you know, gold's probably gone from, I don't know, 11, 1200 an ounce to about 2000 an ounce because of what's going on at the moment. Um, my instinct says that it's very high uh, and when things normalize, it'll fall again, just like what happened in the, in the previous credit crunch. Um, long term, lots of people would say, well, all this money printing, quantitative easing uh, is going to debase currencies, um, especially the US dollar. And therefore, gold is a great hedge against, against inflation, which is also true. Maybe you'd want to have a little bit of physical gold. Um, but, you know, I think the the other things that we've been talking about probably do better. And, and lots of them have income streams. There is no income stream with gold. Mm. And I notice you totally didn't say a word about Bitcoin. I, I have some Bitcoin, um, but I don't know. It seems well valued, doesn't it? And I, I probably don't know enough about it. Mm. I think that, I know we've said it twice, I'm going to say it again, uh, getting into something that you really um, enjoy and can figure out and can understand. Because I'm sure people who really know Bitcoin really well are doing very well, just like, um, you know, we know property very well. And so we're doing pretty well at that. Um, so don't just look for the thing that looks like it could give you the best return. Look for the thing that you could enjoy the most and would want to do the, the, the diligence and the research and you could passionately study it. I mean, Warren Buffett spends five hours a day reading annual reports and um, that's his work day. And he'd probably do that if work weren't work. So he's going to acquire good companies. Now, here's one to chuck in the mix. Um, we bought a company for far, far I can't say exactly. Mm. Actually, we weren't NDA'd on that, were we? So, no. It um, but, run out anyway. Yeah, um, but we bought a company for five grand. Um, and in 2016, that company did many millions of pounds, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a wild card. A, yeah, it was a training business. Uh, it was in a lot of trouble. Um, 
loads and loads of debt, uh, but it had sold courses. It had a suite of courses uh, and it had some trainers. Uh, so we bought it and then we delivered the courses which it didn't have the money to do. Um, and we managed to sell extra products to those customers and we got a business out of it. And we still own that business today? We do. Uh, and I think the net profit on that business, maybe in the last set of financial accounts, was over a million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. You could look at um, acquiring some uh, distressed companies or businesses, of which there's probably going to be a few in the next um, what, 12, 24 months? Who knows? But with the world as crazy as, as it is. Right. What have we got? So I tell you what, we'll talk more about preserving capital for a later series, because I know you're a big believer in um, hold, holding and hoarding and not diminishing cash. We'll talk about leverage because you can't really leverage five grand too much. We'll talk about that in another um, series as well. So coming up every Monday, 7 p.m. on exclusively on the Progressive Property YouTube channel. So if you're watching on the Progressive Property YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe now. Um, and if you're not watching on the Progressive YouTube channel because you're watching on my page, Mark's page, the Progressive page, you need to subscribe to the Progressive Property YouTube channel, which is tiny.cc forward slash PPTV, all capitals. Harry, if you could put it in the comments again, um, because moving forward, we're going to do this series exclusively on the YouTube channel. And then if you missed the live, don't worry, we'll put the recording on the money podcast. So we've covered what we wanted to cover for how to invest five grand. We'll look forward to seeing you um, every Monday at 7 p.m. for further investment um, amounts. But we're going to do a Q&A um, just for fun because we love you like that. So um, Marcelo has said, could you put five grand into an investment fund? You could do. Uh, you might have uh, a unit trust or an OIC um, and there'd be uh, an investment manager. Uh, I think the case for those has diminished. I think you're probably better putting it into a tracker or an exchange traded fund, otherwise known as an ETF. Probably does the same thing, but lower cost, you'll end up with more money. Cool. Uh, Gamayel has asked, um, what can she do with 30 grand? Well, that's a future one. So every Monday, 7 p.m., we're going to eke up the amount of money that you might have to invest as the content, and we'll finish with the how to invest um, with little or no money. Um, Duncan has asked, if you both only had five grand, what would you do with it? That's kind of what we've been asking. But why don't we ask it in a different way? Gun to your head. You've got five grand. What do you do with it? Uh, it depends how much other money I've got. Uh, if you're only five grand in the world, gun to your head, what do you do with it? I'd start a business. Yeah. Um, me too. I'd start a training company for sure and invest it in um, the resources required and in marketing, 100%. Okay, right. Well, you can ping your questions in, by the way. We'll do a little Q&A if you've got anything. I'm scrolling past the more. Um, Bitcoin is 10x better than gold. It depends how you define better. Um, all right. Okay. Let's have a look. Um, so if you've got any questions, ping them in. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask here. Yeah. By the way, obviously, there's lots of predictions on this screen about what, what's going to happen to Bitcoin, what's going to happen to gold. Um, there are only really two types of investor. Um, those who... Um, those who don't know what direction um, an asset value is, is going in. And the second type is those that know that they don't know what direction an, uh, an asset's value is going in. Um, so in other words, all of these predictions on the screen, in my opinion, are completely um, uh, speculative, completely speculative <laughs> and nobody's got any idea. I, you know, it, it, it certainly, certainly with, you know, gold, it's got, you know, history and over time it will likely go up. 
I don't know about Bitcoin. Uh, I don't think there's enough history. Uh, you know, property is very likely to go up. But in the short term, um, nobody knows. And nobody knows how much any of those assets will go up or down. Which is why you should get into something you enjoy, get into something that you can know very well. This is important. Get into something you want to be in for a long time. Because if you're long enough in anything, you'll probably do well. Um, there's questions here, which I think is quite interesting. So um, Zain Abbas asked, what would you do with 5K at 19 years old? And someone else asked, how would you advise a 14-year-old child to invest? So these are good ones. So, Mark, would your answer change? Um, I had a gun to your head, five grand, you'd start a business. Yeah. If you were 19, would your answer change? Do I know? Would I know at 19 what I know now? Yeah, you can bring all your knowledge that you've had back when no, you're 19 again. No, it wouldn't change at all. No. no. In fact, I'd be even more, you know, I've got all my time, you know, all the energy, get get into business and start working the five grand very yeah. quickly. Yeah. And um, again, same sort of business you get into, a, a training business, an online business? Mixed with property. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd probably try and get a load of investors. I use the five grand to go and get a load of investors and then go and buy uh, a big portfolio with a load of investors. There you go. So Mark and I um, joint ventured starting in 2006. Um, and in the last se uh, video in this series, we'll do how to invest with little or no money. And we'll talk about joint ventures and raising finance from other people and leveraging partners, etc. in that one. Okay, if, um, if you are 14 years old, how sh what should a child invest in? Or what would you advise a 14-year-old child? I would probably, I mean, I'll be doing this with Freddie, but I, I would get them into the habit of learning about investment. Um, so that would be putting money into a savings account. I'd be getting them, you know, doing their ISA probably every year. Uh, and then I'd get them into property. Um, I'd try and buy a property for them uh, or put a deposit in. And, you know, it, clearly, you know, the, the, in order to hold it in their own name, they need to be 18, but you could probably get it a little bit earlier. Um, and, um, you know, get them running it and get them to take the rent off, rent all the rooms out and get them to take all the rent off the tenants and manage it. And any, they have to pay the mortgage, uh, which is in your name. And then, you know, any extra money they get to keep. That's mm. probably the best investment I could imagine. And the returns would be awesome. Mm. So uh, my answer to that for a 14 year old um, would be to start some kind of online business. It could be e-commerce because obviously that's huge right now. If there's one person that's loving this lockdown, it's Jeff Bezos. There's no doubt about that. Um, so obviously if you're 14, you don't know the world pre-internet. So you're probably really good online. You're really good on the internet. You're really good on social media, probably better than us 40 year olds because we had a world before internet. So I definitely encourage, um, a 14 year old to really, um, leverage their knowledge online and trying to set up a business online. Make sure you get your parents involved. Cause I know that there's, um, security issues and bullying and trolling issues online as well which you have to be careful of but let's assume that you're going to take that care of that and i would definitely leverage social media because you know there are 14 year olds with 10 million followers on tiktok um, and you could get this massive following which you could leverage with sponsorship sponsorships collaborations partnerships um, ventures you could get a an ongoing ad revenue stream so i think they're often um, great opportunities for uh, teenagers as well right now right mark Raza has asked, would you take 10 grand in gold or one grand in Bitcoin? Um, and you can't sell either for 50 years. Well, obviously, I'd take the 10 grand in gold because I'm immediately, um, you know, way ahead. Um, I've got 10 times the money that I would have in Bitcoin. 
Uh, but in terms of what's going to do better over the next 50 years, your guess is as good as mine. All right, great. Um, okay, how much can you give to a deposit to a 19-year-old to buy a property? Can you gift a deposit to a 19-year-old to buy property, it sounds like? Yeah, I think you can. Uh, I'd need to dig out the, the rules on that, the, the tax rules. Um, I'm pretty sure if you survive them by seven years, um, then uh, as long as you've done it in the right way, you can do it. But, yeah, you, you, um, you need to um, – I, I can go and look into it for you. This changes a lot. Um, so we've got a question here. Hi, Rob and Mark. How will you invest five grand in marketing to get the best deals? Um, well, it depends what you do. So I can only go from my experience and most of our marketing spend is in our training companies. So our public speaking courses, our property courses, our business courses, our personal development courses. Right now, we're finding YouTube ads are bringing the best quality and volume, um, followed by Facebook ads, followed by Google ads, followed by Amazon ads. And that's what we're finding. There are many other strategies. We do joint ventures, affiliates and ambassador programs. And we do CPA, which is essentially um, renting um, sends to our partners um, following. Um, we boost posts on, on Facebook and they, they have mixed results. Um, so if I were to, again, gun to my head, I've got five grand. Um, best way to invest it into marketing, I'd probably say Google and YouTube ads. Sorry, Facebook and YouTube ads. Okay. Um, from Dan here, if you were to invest the five grand into starting a business with your early teen children in order to educate them, what sort of business would you start? So for me, that's all about what do they want to do and what are they interested in? Um, because um, I think if you're going to invest, you've got to treat it like an investment as if you were a, um, a dragon or an angel or a professional investor and don't just gift it to them. Um, but in terms of the sort of business, I think they've got to be interested in it. I think if they're not interested in it, then you're probably trying to live vicariously through them and you're trying to encourage them to do something that maybe isn't their flow. Um, so what do they want to do? That, that would be the question. Um, and again, I've already mentioned that I think e-commerce, social media and, and online businesses fit well with the teen demographic just because they know how to use the Internet really well. Um, and you don't need stock and you don't need premises and you don't need leases and you don't need overhead. All right. If, can you see any more, Harry? Because I think we're just about done there. That might be it. All right. Um, let's go a bit further up. Any final questions? Ping them our way. Ah, yes. So Connor hit here has said, Connor, how are you? You can buy a hell of a lot of watches with five grand. So you could you could research some of the lower cost watches that go up, like Swatch. Some of the limited swatches go up. You know, obviously they're, they're not a hundred grand, but considering how much swatches cost. Um, some I know the Swatch Jellyfish has, has gone up a lot. Um, so you could get into that rabbit, um, Warren, of looking into lower cost watches. It's not my area of knowledge for me. Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe, Richard Meal. These are the watches that I follow and I know. So I couldn't advise you on that. Um, Alan has said more profit secondhand. I think when it comes to um, cars, watches, almost everything. property. Buy yeah. Buy it used. Yeah. Don't buy it new. Yeah, wait for the depreciation that someone yeah. else has lost. Um, yeah, more often than not. Thoughts on silver? Well, um, I prefer gold because you can, if you're going to hold it physically, you can obviously, I mean, silver's heavy and there's a lot of it. Um, and 
I don't, I mean, I'm not an expert in gold. The reason I buy gold is to have a, a defensive um, physical asset for um, maybe worst case scenarios. Or, or like if you think about layers of wealth, low risk to high risk um, and sort of foundational and physical all the way up to sort of more intangible and eth ethereal. So intangible and ethereal might be Bitcoin or a, com a, bit, a bit a company that you set up. But physical that you can actually touch and feel might be gold, property, etc. Um, so I just buy gold really just to have as a defensive, protective, physical investment. Um, I don't therefore need feel the need to do the same with silver because it's a lot heavier and you need a lot more storage space because I know you can have your gold stored, but if I'm going to buy gold, I'd like to store it myself. That is something you've got to think about. Storage costs, insurance costs, depreciation costs, management, maintenance costs, theft costs, flooding costs. I had flooding, flooded one of my saves. Yeah. Um, so there's all these things you've got to think about. And um, wine getting, you know, the, the fridge breaking, uh, refrigeration unit breaking, all your wine going bad if you've got wine as an investment, cars getting stolen, um, art getting damaged. There's, there's, there's all that to think about as well. Yeah. Um, all right. And what do you think? And this is funny. What do you think about um, cash is trash? <laughs> cash is trash. I don't agree that cash is trash. Um Clearly, you know, people who say that cash is just a made-up, well, like, not real—is anything know, real? Backed, by, could, any, backed you, by nothing. You could say, "Is anything real?" You know, it's all just dust, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, you know, U.S. dollar is backed by the Federal Reserve. You can't just say it's not backed by anything. Yeah. It, it's backed by the the confidence and you know the the belief that you know it's going to be worth something uh which has gone on for hundreds of years and so of course it's backed by something yeah it's just not on the gold standard anymore mm. yeah so no cash is not trash cash is really important but clearly when there's qe going on and governments are obviously going to inflate this debt away um you you need physical assets as well because the the cash is going to go down in value yeah and pr probably at a higher rate over the next few years mm. yeah so when certain individuals say cash is trash, what do you think they mean? I think they mean get your money out of cash and get it into assets uh, and get it into equities, into, into income-producing assets. I mm. think that's what they mean. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but why do you think it's a risk if they put all their cash into those assets? Uh, because then they may run out of liquidity and they don't have uh, enough cash to you know, fund, I don't know, lifestyle or business or your debts or, or whatever, or a lockdown, mm. uh, or the ability to manoeuvre and buy assets when they're very cheap during a recession as uh, we've just come out of a recession and I suspect we're about to go into another one. Yeah. Okay. So next week, 7 p.m., we'll do how to invest 10 grand. We'll take more questions. So obviously there's more that's going to come out. As we go up the ladder, obviously we're going to be able to talk a lot more about property and and other investment classes maybe we didn't get into in this video. So um, as of next week, we will be streaming only on the Progressive Property YouTube channel, tiny.cc forward slash PPTV, all capitals. 
Um, we've got, I think, I don't know, 10 of these series back to back. We may miss one or two if Mark or I can't both make Monday 7 p.m., but book Monday 7 p.m. in your diaries for this series. And then if you ever miss any of the lives or you want to listen to it again, um, they're going to go as a recording on the Money Podcast. Just search Money Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, Mark, thanks for coming in and doing this, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>